Hello everybody, my name is Ron, and this is Ron's Gadget Talk for, uh, okay, just kind of, we're kind of late, but let's just say 17th of November, uh, 2020, uh, just kind of Tuesday's episode, by the time you're listening to it, it's Wednesday, but oh well, uh, so, uh, kind of late, late Tuesday episode, we got a lot to talk, talk about, um, especially, uh, there's a lot that's come out this week, it's, uh, we're truly in tech member, this, Obviously, well, we're gonna crack straight in. Uh, the first thing we'd want to talk about, I think nobody saw it coming. We knew that they were up to this, but we don't expect them, you know. And that is Oppo. Oppo makes some. Uh, obviously, everyone knows Oppo for their pretty affordable Android phones that they make in big numbers. You know, surprisingly, Oppo is one of the biggest brands out there, but they only make three lines of smartphones. So the Find series, the Reno, and the a series, the A series chips obviously are the ones that get rebadged a lot, so you may find you may feel like Oppo makes a bajillion phones, but it really doesn't. It just it just brings out phones really quickly because it likes to innovate. And speaking of innovation, really, Oppo does genuine innovation. Obviously, it's not really copy pasting the iPhone, but what they're done here is quite interesting. And I think I probably applaud the engineers. Like they probably have um, they probably have figured. Um, I probably they figured a lot of uh, cutting edge technology out. Uh, so, in general, uh, Oppo released show showed off three things really that uh, that I just wanted to kind of go through quick. Um, where are they? Oh, hopefully the scales. Oh yes, yes it does. Uh, so they showed a rolling phone. Uh, kind of a concept rolling phone, one of the first of its kind, really. AR glasses and uh, and uh, an essentially sort of um, and real time AR location stuff, which is interesting. So um, you know, w- you one can use v- AR to kind of get around and stuff. So obviously, the first thing I'd want to talk about is both. Probably, but what is of more interest is are the AR glasses. And the rolling phone because those are real game changers. I, in my own opinion, this is some truly groundbreaking technology. And the more I look at it, the more I kind of start to appreciate what they've really done here. So, um, so essentially, uh, Oppo has showed off a revamped version of their Oppo AR Glass, the Oppo AR Glass 2021, you know, typically titled. And apparently, this uh, follows Oppo's sort of mission to continuously innovate and to change really how people do things and so apparently it manifests the leap in Oppo's exploration of the digital world so um, it uh, in terms of design it looks like a super futuristic set of glasses but really on the inside is a very sophisticated AR glass with screen projection but it has a it has what it calls a split design. The split design is like most typical air glasses these days. You have a high performance phone connected to the air glass via USB-C and that pr- and the phone is where the connectivity and the content is pumped in and then the glasses d- display the content straight away. But thanks to the split design, uh, Oppo's Air Glass 2021, apparently 75% lighter than its predecessor. Uh, I mean, when using the smartphone to obviously for the content and stuff, uh, 75% lighter and can offer roughly, um, so 75% lighter and it can 
do roughly 40% faster CPU and GPU performance. Let me figure, let me see if this is yes. Um, you get up, you get improved performance by up to 40% on both the CPU and GPU. So essentially, this means the overall glass. There are a lot of components still inside, obviously to project the picture, to for projection and for sound and stuff, but really your phone is where it's coming from. It's not as in computer or anything else really, or even creating a high performance processing unit that still needs a computer or is on its own really. It's just independent really. Well, it's still using your phone, but the phone brings in the stuff. It reminds me a, lo a lot similar to similar AR glasses that are coming out, like the Enreal. There was one that I wanted to mention, but uh, we kind of ran out of time a few episodes ago. It was about the Enreal AR glasses. They used the Note 20 uh, to power it, and they then that came out in South Korea, mind you. So this is kind of a solution, uh, but they've made it really light, so you just pop it on like typical glasses. But on top of that, it has in terms of, since it's AR glasses, it has projection, so it has the birth bath. It has a bir bird bath solution. So it has like two little, so it projects picture a picture on two sides. So uh, it it increases the contrast by fifty three percent, unit brightness uniformity by ninety eight percent, and forty percent more pixels per degree compared to the previous AR glasses that were showed off. Uh, there's this. So uh, essentially, how it works is uh, is uh, it's not mentioned here, but uh, but you um, where did it go? I mean, so essentially, it features a split eye, split bird. Okay, I mean it's the birth bath optical solution. Essentially, project that basically reflects an image straight onto glasses, and has a. Uh, so there's a 0.71 inch OLED display built uh, built in, which has its light refracted by a sp spectroscope to the eye, uh, and with it, it the AR glasses have a customized large amplitude speaker, and the idea is that uh, the, the way the picture is is projected to your to your eyes essentially, it looks as if you are facing a 90 inch screen from three mile three meters away, which is kind of massive in and of itself, and then obviously. Uh, when you connect it to your phone to get content and connectivity essentially you can use your phone to control it easily or you can use the fish eye, uh, the fisheye cameras can detect can do hand can recognize and do hand gestures and so much so that they've improved that obviously with AI and stuff and so now your hand essentially has per the cameras it has 21 markers so uh, including pointers on on each finger four approximately on each finger so that gives you roughly if you do the math that's 20 that's yeah that's okay four on one finger so essentially it's really accurate and it's time with the time it's timed with a it's obviously paired with a time of flight sensor giving you a centimeter uh, level accuracy within one degree which is really accurate um and so really, Oppo has designed this really cool set of AR glasses, super duper straight from the future, and really aiming to change the way that people see the world around them. Um, and it's kind of interesting what they've done here. I mean, uh, so pretty much you get stereo fisheye cameras for each side, a one time of flight sensor and one RGB camera. And essentially you could, uh, so it can, uh, 
so it can do spe special localization calculations within milliseconds and give you a sort of precise point of view sort of world view in and of itself which is kind of awesome so honestly for me I mean it's kind of cool that uh, that Oppo has worked on has not only worked on this but also has created something uh, that is really unusual in terms of of, of design uh, I mean, uh, we haven't really seen air glasses a lot because they do a lot of work behind them and they're quite expensive. We don't even, okay, obviously we don't know when they're going to come out. This is the concept that Oppo showed off and it looks really cool and obviously uh, we don't know when, when exactly it will come out, both of them really. I mean, we don't, we don't know the date and the, I mean, it's it's a, it's not really a gadget that you can run out and buy soon. This is a concept and Oppo kind of claims that they're going to obviously show it off to consumers to show them the sort of immersive future that they're about to experience. And it's kind of, it's, but it looks really awesome uh, what you have here. I mean, it's quite cutting edge technology to say the least. And also while we're at it, while, the, while they were at it, while we're at it kind of, they showed off a bunch of uh, use cases for AI. Uh, you you can play games, stream movies, and uh, you could stream videos. Uh, I mean, you can consume media. You can browse, explore, uh, and explore sort of built-up virtual worlds. So they showed off a mobile game, and then they showed off sort of uh, as an example. They kind of showed IQ, IQ. I don't know how you pronounce IQ. Uh, playing on the uh, through the AR headset, so you can stream stuff from IQ. Um, and that's a popular streaming service in China. Obviously, when it comes out across the world, more users will come up with apps. apps. But this is an example. So you could stream a video, and it's like hovering in the air, pretty much. If you have the hollow, if you've seen the Hololens, you know what that is. It's hovering in the air. You can watch videos right there. Uh, so, or uh, obviously they, and then they had another use case with the JD.com app, and so that you can basically have a look at a you can sort of see a projection of the furniture in real time which is kind of awesome and straight from the future so yeah I mean uh, and obviously a tower defense game and stuff and that was kind of cool uh, they showed what kind of uses it had really it was I'm sure that there is the technology it's gonna be expensive when it, if it actually ever gets to come out but they claim that they might have one for by next year but until then, they're also getting developers involved in the AR headset and obviously giving them an uh, MSC. They they're going to have a support group and stuff, and uh, they're going to give dev support to make it happen. And it was kind of interesting that they, and okay, it, it sounded kind of like Apple. They were bringing up about the fact that content and services and hardware need to come together and all that stuff, and then devs need to be backed up big time and be supported in bringing that technology they really need it this this product is really good i really want Oppo to release such air glasses obviously it won't really happen if there's any killer use unless there's killer use cases for it pretty much um so they'll probably have to they'll, they'll definitely need all developers they can to make such technology happen right away so that's not a problem to say the least so that was the, the Oppo air glass 2021 really it's it's quite innovative I mean, uh, it's they've managed to build such a headset. Though the design looks a little bit that there's a massive projection kind of unit on the upper, so the the top fifty, more than like the third of the glass area where the glasses are, has this kind of projection where the screen is projected or reflected as it is from the looks of it. It looks like it's reflected. I don't think it's projected. It's reflected pretty much uh, through through like glasses and stuff back and forth. So it looks like 30%, if you wear the glasses, you're not able to see like 60 to 70% of what you're seeing. So that's interesting. But aside from that, really, 
um it's quite straight from the future not gonna lie and then there was another device uh, on top of the ar glass 2021 that came out and that was the oppo x 2021 and this is oppo's first fully uh rollable display smartphone i mean and oppo basically oppo is the first now in the segment They've beaten everyone to the race to build a rollable phone. T-Cell had a prototype last year, so this year they had, like, earlier this year they showed off a prototype in plastic and um, LG pattern design. Obviously, link it. I'll link that. You can go, you can go listen to the previous episode. Uh, we talked about that. But uh, Oboe's design is quite interesting. So the way it works is that you essentially have a uh, you have a phone that is looks normal, and then what you'd want to do, and then what you do is that essentially, so ice cream shirt like gifts, and ideas you swipe from the side, and the and the motors will kind of roll out the display. So essentially, you got a regular phone uh, that is 6.7 inches. It's OLED completely. It needs needs to be OLED or else it can't really work. Uh, and then when you take when you st- stretch it out, when it rolls out completely, it's 7.4 inches diagonally completely. It's not. Uh, it doesn't look wider, big, wider or bigger, but it it's more expanded. You get a more expansive display, which is kind of cool. Um, so Oppo claims that they've developed their own powertrain, structural plate, screen laminate to ensure device durability. So they've created a okay. That it's it's here. Let me let me get this here. All right. Uh, where were we? So. Um, so, just as I'll read it off here, we've mentioned the screen size, but how do they make the rolling screen possible? So there's a two-in-one plate structure behind the display. So and it's similar to it's similar to uh, it's similar to bed. It's similar to the kind to sofa beds that stretch out. No, or it's similar to beds with, with like the sponge need. They have like wood pa- pallets, plank planks. Yeah, the plank kind of joint plank, wood plank design, you know, you pop it out and it pops out the bed completely, that, something like that. If you've ever had like those rollable beds, uh, you know how they work, They you roll, you push them out and it would sort of stretch it out and it would give you 50-50 uh, strength and stuff. That's interesting. And the idea is that this two-to-one plate kind of supports the screen without any segment gaps. There's no air bubble between or anything like that to cause the display to kind of warp or to do some funny stuff i think down the road the more rollable phones will come out some will incorporate this advanced design which is this two-in-one where so the half they've carried like they've carried beams 50 50 beams and the inner beams push uh sort of give st- structural rigidity to the so the ro- rolled out display so it's kind of interesting to say the least they're probably obviously has this place sort of in a separate department. And there are a lot of ideas that could be discovered, the, could be explored with these devices. Who knows, with rollable displays, they'll probably have the screen sort of float out of the phone itself to give, keep it independent, to make sure that, and you know, and it would probably make it cheaper. Uh, so a firm, sort of a half split, a half split beam kind of frame underneath the display. Another one is what they call a warp track laminate. uh, Oppo self-developed warp track laminate or raised the overall strength of the screen with high strength rolled steel. The thinnest area measures 0.1 millimeters. The screen protecting materials are as tough as tank tracks and don't do not increase the resilience. 
so their point is that they've 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 built this really innovative next generation rolling phone and it looks a bit like the uh it looks like one of their it looks a little bit more like one of their fine x uh what is it the real fine no the fine x phones yeah the the higher end phones um and you roll it out and essentially the corner where so from the looks of it the screen rolls out but like the but the there's an inner part between the USB-C charging port and the mic headphones, and so the mic, sorry, the speaker port, but that's maintained. It passes through. So, and then from the back side, if I could find it, mind you, where is it? Uh, from the back side, um, how it looks from the back. Essentially, I'll probably put it up on screen if you want. But um, uh, so he rolls out. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm thinking. So there's. Uh, but it's quite. Funder claims it's quite durable. There's no chance for sand, dust, or yuck or muck to get in and ruin the phone. Uh, and from the backside, it looks kind of innovative. It's essentially, uh, it has this edge and it pops, it stretches out, and it'll create a really cool design phone. And a lot of co cool bragging rights. And then again, the really the way to and the way to open the phone is really to just swipe the phone and pop out. One thing I've noticed is that the is that the phone itself is quite thick, uh, from the looks of it. Uh, it's quite thick, um, so it's a good concept, but it's really thick. So if they actually release it, no one probably would buy it because it's so so heavy. Uh, it would probably be big, um, per se. We don't even know much about scratchability or anything, or J rig everything's typical durability test. I mean, I'm sure they probably wanna would love to do that, but um, obviously, this is a concept. This is I mean, this is one of the first rolling rollable display phones out there in the market um i mean nothing like it exists yet uh so is a concept hence so we don't really know how much it'll cost when it'll come out so you'll have to wait and see this is exciting stuff guys uh, this is seriously next generation stuff i mean rollable phones are gonna be awesome because if you keep the compactness of the phone the, the phone completely rolls out by itself there's no issue about bending or anything uh folding Foldable phones are awesome because they're, but they're a lot of components and some part of the screen has to be vegged or softened and that can cause durability problems. This robot design could be a little feasible because it can strengthen the display component and you know how many times the display goes in and out. And obviously increasingly OLED displays are getting a bit more durable. They're doing research on this for many, many years now. So um, it could, it's kind of, I mean, they're working on it. Obviously they're continuously doing research on this. Samsung's working on it, I'm sure, behind the scenes. In fact. Oppo's display call you could be Samsung's dis uh, Oppo's the display Oppo uses in the in the in the X twenty twenty one prototype sort of design sort of concept rollable phone. It's a Samsung display because Samsung has kind of flexy kind of flexible OLED displays. So it's quite honestly I've spent too much time on it already, but it really is. Is this? I mean, a surprise. I I just can think. I mean. I was kind of busy for most of today, but I really was jaw-dropped looking at the amount of innovation that Oppo did. Uh, for me, genuinely, I didn't really believe in rollable, rollable phones. Uh, not like, I mean, yes, I love technology, but I kind of do kind of question if that technology is it really mind-blowing. Rollable phones, when I first saw the TCL prototype, I was thinking, like, hang on, these guys are smoking something. They're, they're what, they're high, on, they're high or something? They're done, they're, they they... What the, what kind of dream did they exceed? But then, as the patents came out, as the technical details came out, this, uh, 
this sort of this concept that they've shown off now and it's out in the wild and people have played with it probably now i think you can believe in the idea now the rollable phones are a thing it's a it looks really nice and a brand like over they've put a lot of effort to make it quite strong i'm sure they also have the same I'm sure the engineers have the same kind of uh stingy questions like i probably had wouldn't the wouldn't the display what what the display what about the area between the display and sort of the inner and outer edge of the phone but um, they put but it looks like they've done a lot more work on these devices and i think hopefully as but the thing is unlike foldable phones those are out in the wild now so we just need the displays to come that'll make it mainstream rollable phones will probably take a bit more time so we won't see the first of these devices before three years at least now i might be wrong phone smartphone industry really does innovate at really the speed of light you never know there might be a full a rollable phone by next year but at the very least it's something that's coming two three years down the line so you just got to be ready you know like they so this is a concept but you gotta be ready this is the this is a future we're gonna be living but probably by that point software is gonna get faster uh, android will probably be more supporting of these kinds of devices and obviously displays will probably be there in big no, big enough numbers for brands to start offering premium segment products and slowly slowly it's going to hit the main mid, mid tier and then totally literally then it's going to be mainstream everyone's going to have a foldable or a rollable phone rollables probably looks more sense looking from this now makes a ton of sense and there's a lot of, and it's very durable uh, there's not much give really in these kinds of devices you don't really lose much in durability it's so super solid and this is and then also if they have a motor design for this it's Oppo pretty much. They have phones and motors already and say so you know what the durability is of these devices. They have a lot of them out in the wild. So if anything really goes wrong, they know what's up. So those are the two new Oppo devices. It's quite, and this this all kind of, they showed it off in their sort of innovation day event that they did today, um, yesterday pretty much by the time you listen to it. So it's kind of bananas, you know, innovation is happening at a dramatic pace. So yeah, I mean, uh, kind of psyched to be honest with what they're rolling out they've innovated on fast charging and now they've figured out these devices which is really crazy so yeah they really are seeing do daily impossible moving past forward to the world of galaxy i'm sorry samsung um we've already talked quite a lot about samsung the note the s20 fe and s20 fe has been a pretty decent so oneplus competing phone but um the year is not even over and we're already talking about the S30 or the S21 if that's going to happen. We know quite a lot about the S21 and the S30 uh, in general, both of them. Uh, so there will probably be three uh, Samsung S30 phones or, or the S21 phones. Um, so, um, uh, I mean, uh, so uh, we know that it will pack the latest and greatest. Snapdragon 875, all that good stuff. Um, it's probably gonna cost good, cost good amount. It's gonna cost a good amount of money and all that good stuff, and all that. It has, it even has. Apparently, there's probably a plan for the the S the S thirty Ultra, the S twenty Ultra, has a kind of design. Some it's been leaked already, kind of. It's a render design, but like the corner where the camera bezel is, it would kind of have. Uh, sort of it'll be flush with the display, with with the phone, giving like this kind of edge with complete glass and the rest is like metal it looks kind of nice um like some cases have kind of been shown sort of where they where they you know where it could be i mean i would love to have that i would be that would be very samsung to do that 
Uh, I don't know what I'll do with a back metal the metallic back. That'll probably be scratch. I mean, that'd be that that'd be susceptible to scratches. But um, but uh, we all know. But also, I mean, there are a lot of claims already that the S twenty one or the S two could launch as early as January. Late uh, could be January next year. So the first big flagship phone is pretty much, uh, uh guys. I mean, uh, just get ready, guys. Um, I mean, first week of next year, you're gonna hear us talk about the S twenty one and S thirty even more. The more rumors gonna pop out. Apparently, they're planning to kind of early launch as early as January to kind of, uh, to kind of take advantage of the fact that obviously other brands are not launching at that point. And obviously, I think there's also they say the early the better. You know, in the smartphone industry. I mean, if you spend, if you uh, announce a phone in March, then you finally get it to August. It's a bit too late, right? The rest of the mar- the competition's caught up, and obviously, uh, you have also the pandemic. So, I don't have to say that. I mean, we, in terms of, I mean, the coronavirus pandemic, it's not really over yet. It's gonna take, I mean, twenty twenty one. We're gonna spend at least probably a fifth of it or a half of it. God forbid. Hopefully, it's better than this, but let's hope for the best. But probably spend a third of it trying to finish it completely i mean the va- vaccines have proven effective now and they're gonna start rolling out and people will basically save themselves kind of but obviously still people will have to the thing is that uh you know a brand like uh, samsung will have to push out these phones quickly now that's that that's not a problem here's an interesting thing that's happened aside from the planned plan to launch it in january 2021 i mean not like not like a hundred days into next year, and you'll have an S S thirty one thirty. I'm not I'm not mad. Frankly, I'm happy because the the industry is aggressive. You got to be there quick. You got to be at the door. You got to poo poo poo. You know straight away. You got to go. Got to go. You got to hit the new year. Uh, all gun. All gun. All engines roaring and gunning. That's the lovely thing with Samsung. Uh, but um, here's the interesting thing. There might be no Note thirty next year. In fact, we're not going to have a note next year. Could that be the case? So apparently, uh, Max Weinbach, a uh, pretty famous leaker, claimed, uh, tweeted uh, two days back that apparently this 2021 Samsung flagship pretty much uh, will be uh, pretty much will be the S20, S21 FE, S21 regular, the Plus variant, Ultra, and three Z phones, foldables. The Z Fold 3, the Z Flip 3, the Z Fold FE fan edition. I mean, Z Fold FE and S21 FE, just remember some BTS song in the back of your head, and, you know, guess how it'll happen. I think that's lovely. Obviously, uh, then, Ma- then Max himself kind of tweeted also that three of these devices will have S Pen support. Now, it looks kind of obvious that Samsung could could be ditching the Note line altogether. Um, um, I mean... Uh, who knows the S twenty S twenty one? I'm gonna I'm just gonna call the S thirty Ultra. I probably call it the S thirty Ultra because they can't do twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. They jump from ten to twenty one. At this point, they could have called it S eleven, but no, nah, they're not gonna do that. You know, uh, gotta keep jumping. So earlier we've kind of heard that how the S thirty Ultra S thirty Ultra could pretty much come with an S pen as is on the side or sort of optional accessory. But more interesting is that they're planning, Samsung may uh, offer the S Pen for the Z Fold 3 and uh, primarily 
and the Z Flip 3. I don't know how they're going to do that, though. The fold is ma makes sense because they've launched it, like, right by the Note, and they kind of marketed it next to the Note series. So it makes a ton, hell of a lot of sense. Uh, but really, um, um, the foldable, the looks like the S30 Ultra and the Z, one of the Z foldable phones will probably come with, will probably come with S Pen. So there might be no Note. Uh, so on a interesting note samsung um well just make another note but I, i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure that i'm kind of sure that uh samsung's kind of smart that by did by ending the note series because uh you know you've seen what's happened this year the exceptional circumstances of this year obviously phones they spend a couple of years in development at least they two three years go into making a phone but really there's also the market demand factors people don't want to buy no more many people want to buy flagships you know, the market's changed a lot. People don't have that kind of money that they used to before. I mean, if you, if if I told you, if I said that the Note 20 would never come and that would be in November 2019, this time last year, you would have called me a, ben, a, a monkey or you would call me, you'd be crazy. But this year, I, mean, I think 2021, I under, kind of understand Samsung. I already put a lot of effort in the Z series phones. The S series is awesome by itself already, the S30 is, is going to be top-notch, and it'll be perfect on every end, and I think it'll probably burden Samsung to keep making a whole bunch of flagships. They can put the, all their effort, money, resources, and marketing effort, and spends straight on one series of basic flagship phones, and also they might retain value of eventually, uh, but then also they might shift the excitement and more marketing money on Z-series phones. The Z-series has been launched, the Z Flip has been popular, uh, so who knows? That's just my own take, frankly. I'm not really... I'm kind of sad to see the Note go. I mean, I wanted the Note phone, but... Oh, well. I mean, I mean, the Z series is coming to sort of replace it. So that's how I'm seeing it. So they're going to end... They might sacrifice the Note series and bring and bring in the Z, Z lineup. So essentially, now you have this S series of phones and Z series of phones. And they'll be the two predominant flagship lineups for ev from this point on they believe in foldables they've got the manufacturing they've nailed everything in uh, they've got everything set uh, everything's set and locked in so i think they're probably they're gonna go ahead and i mean they're, they're gonna ditch the note part of me feels that i mean they shouldn't ditch the note it's kind of iconic it's quite an iconic smartphone it has a fan base of its own but at the same time i think if they really ditch the note, I mean, no one's gonna miss it. You can buy a reliable s stylus. I mean, uh, or if you're an idiot, you could buy an iPad Pro that comes an Apple Pencil. I mean, you have options, really. I mean, but I think that maybe I understand the plan to ditch the the full note. It's about the foldables, guys. That's that's all. I don't think the thing they're gonna. I mean, it is iconic, but. You have to move on with the times. It's all about the foldables now. The foldables are the exciting, are the hot, ultra-high-end flagship. It's something to spend thousands of dollars on. And we've seen the Note 20. It's been lackluster. No one's bought that phone, frankly speaking. I'm sure it has been overshadowed by the iPhone 12. So Samsung's watching the market and the, and so the buying de habits and they know like they found they feel like no one's buying a note 20 so they probably ditch it and if they show more of the z fold 3 that captures more attention and people remember it more often i mean um it has more cap curiosity and obviously samsung needs to woo people with flagships constantly they gotta get people to spend thousands of dollars and if they don't have a good reason then people are gonna go elsewhere and that's the thing so
part of me feels sad and annoyed, but then there's like a bigger portion of my brain that says this is a smart move on Samsung. It's a good tactic. There might be this is this maybe this is quite a sacrifice, but in the long run, this is to maintain that number one market share. You gotta woo people away constantly. I mean, no one's gonna remember a Note ten years down the road. It's just a part of smartphone history. Uh, for big, a big, uh, I mean, a big old phone with a little stylus on it that made, lets you draw more accurately. I mean, it seems like we're not gonna miss it really, unless we go. I mean, but we'll look back at it thirty years in the future. That's for sure. So yeah, it's quite a. That's quite a tense debate, to say the least. This is gonna be a big debate. I mean, would you? I mean, what do you think? Would you love? Do you want another Note Thirty, or you're happy to see it go? I'm sure some people don't can't afford a thousand dollar phone like the Note Twenty. Would be like, oh, it's all right, no big deal. You could buy the, you could buy a Huawei for that. Oh shoot, uh, you can't. If you live in America, you can't get a Mate Forty. <laughs> oh well. So, but really, I don't miss the note. I mean, if you have the Z fold, that's more exciting. That's, that's, has more woo factor. That's for sure. So yeah, this was something to kind of note out. And uh, hopefully, they're kind of noting market demand. Anyways, aside from the puns, um, this one, with the Xbox Series X and, and, and the, the Series X and the S from, from Microsoft really have been one of some of the best Xboxes out there yet. Really nailed everything on on the on paper, and in right there the quick resume, you know 4K performance guarantee the other gate, um, fl all flash storage, better raw graphics performance. Really, people have bought them like crazy. Obviously, we've had the pandemic. Well, people have stayed at home because you gotta save yourself. But more like everything, people have probably been thinking, I don't know what to do. Really, I've done all my work, my studies. What else? Some people, not me, I probably still haven't had any time, even though I've stayed at home most of the year, I still haven't had enough time for other things, that's weird, uh, but for most people out there who probably are productive and then suddenly have so much free time, some have been binging more Netflix, and Disney Plus has been, people watching more and more streaming services, and you know, regular TV viewership is up, and then gaming has grown like bananas, obviously, regular game, PC and mobile gaming has been up, but more so, console gaming. So it's said that PS5 and obviously all these new Xbox, the two new Xboxes, the Series X and S, have been sold out at launch. Launch day was hard to get both the new Xboxes and the new Playstations out of the gate. It was hard to get one. Even um, Microsoft was like, you could buy the new Xboxes on day one in store as is. But then, it's, but still, it's still sold out. It's It's been selling like hotcakes, as my father would like to say. It's like hotcakes. Uh, so much so that Microsoft see uh, pretty much Xbox's sort of uh, finance sort of head, um, Tim Stewart, suggested that, um, and I'll, I'll quote him here, I think we will co continue to see supply shortages as we see head into the post-holiday quarter. So Microsoft's Q3 calendar, Q1, uh, and then he also states that, that Microsoft supply chains will go into full speed kind of in before so the summer. So essentially kind of claims that that there really is that much that there are not many xboxes to meet demand like there's a shortage really of fully built consoles ready to ship and sell to customers uh that will have will kind of go through a shortage until april at the earliest that's probably when the q1 ends and then you hit q2 sort of second quarter kind of um of 2021 kind of yeah most accurately 
so um so uh I mean, after April 2021, April next year, pretty much, then uh, supply could meet demand perfectly. So there's more people wanting to buy this console. These consoles, pretty much, good price tags, top performance, a quick resume. Uh, then, then Microsoft's able to make them. So this means that they've sold these consoles like crazy. There's, it's done better. Uh, it's done better. Uh, it's probably sold more consoles than usual. Both companies have 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 had a really hit launch uh really a big launch really a big release cycle in terms of sales a lot of people have bought these consoles which is this it's just i mean um well obviously f they won't read exactly see how many consoles they've moved obviously because my xbox's future is tied to streaming and obviously sort of multi-platform sort of world globe some mobile gaming console uh, mobile gaming the xbox consoles pc gaming which can be powerful in and of itself game streaming and it's all combined together and apparently the thing is that um i mean and uh, obviously this is obviously the policy of xbox's head uh phil spencer his this is his worldview that uh really xbox's role is going to be more than just just really making consoles is being that world of gaming sort of for everyone um because it kind of how he sees and you know co him here because he kind of meant told the guardian and it's a good p newspaper really he kind of told him that there are three billion people who play games on the planet today but maybe only 200 million households have a game uh have a game console in a way the console space has become a small and smaller percentage of the overall gaming pie and also you have to i don't have to tell you you just look at most regions most major potential markets you know they're big for entertainment people watch a lot of movies and tv shows and listen to a lot of music you know like they're they're big markets really but they're not gonna, they can't afford a console they don't see the value in them and i'm, I'm probably going to bring up a lot of countries really i mean look at most of asia and south america where i believe gaming has a big big market like india and 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 and, and bangladesh and pakistan obviously why not uh and brazil and and and, and mexico and 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 uh colombians and those kind of countries brazil and mexico and stuff they're like places where people uh will consume a lot of entertainment really because they this it's there and they'll play a lot of games but they won't buy consoles for it so it's not a big deal if they still push through millions of xboxes it's just that they're out of them really the there are more people wanting them than uh they're, they're able to make them so there's been really high demand i'll probably say people have been stuck at home so the people are playing more games and stuff than ever so that's interesting it's an interesting time to play games i don't know why i mean uh, i'd say it's probably a good time to uh you know learn more things and stuff but, oh well uh, you know how to spend most of your time right so yeah i mean go play forza if you want it's a nice game so i mean it's interesting that and also i mean the ps5 has also been selling outselling like well I, I mean it's been selling like bananas it's sold out a lot of places I've had kind of hard, I've, for me, I felt it was kind of sad for me because not like I wanted to buy a PS4 straight away, but if I had the choice and the money, really, I would go and get it because it's a nice console and, you know, I've heard good things about the games and stuff, but it's sold out, which is annoying. I mean, it's that, it's that hot cake is like, are people that lured by the upgrades, really? I'm, I'm sure it's just, it's, it's a whole lot of fat, it's in... Really, in every day-to-day -day use, it's a whole lot faster, so it's quite popular as a result. So, uh, interesting times. And finally, um, this happened with o Honor. This it's it's official, guys. 
I'll probably read the statement here. Huawei's consumer business has been under tremendous pressure as of late. This has been due to a persistent unavailability of technical elements needed for a mobile phone business. Huawei Investment and Holding Company Limited has thus decided to sell all of its honor business assets to Shenzhen Zaiz. Forgive me on this one. Zaixing New Technology, New Information Technology Company Limited. Forgive me on that pronunciation. It's it's a little hard, but okay. Uh, this sale will help Honor's channel sellers and suppliers make it through this difficult time. Um, once the sale is complete, Huawei will not hold any shares or be involved in any business management or decision-making activities in a new Honor company. So essentially, it's real. Huawei is selling Honor. Uh, it's it's just um, I don't know what to say. Um, good for Honor. I mean, quite a. I mean. It's uh, it's such a big deal because uh, Huawei's struggling that much. It's got the networking business and then the smartphone business. We all know the struggles of smartphone business. It's simply that entity listing that has made Huawei kind. Of, it's given Huawei quite a hard time uh, building really good phones, but not just that, running Google services. So it's sort of honors kind of suffered in the process. They've kind of had to sort of survive. And and also for context, Honor is Huawei's sub brand, uh, to say the least. So, um, so you could say that, and also I think Huawei also it could have been an issue of resources. It could make enough phones, but it's quite difficult because you don't know where chipsets to go. And also, and there's also the issue about chipsets, about processors. You know, we've I don't know if I talked about this before. I think previous episode we mentioned how Huawei is kind of running out of CPUs to make, so they had to make tough choices. They couldn't just keep giving more of their current chips to Honor to honor phones because that would basically be millions of chips that could have come in handy for the Y series phones or for the main P series phones. Oh well, uh, but obviously those, they couldn't obviously, they're kind of running out of parts to buy from. They couldn't, can't buy uh, pretty complex parts. So they decided, so apparently, um, I mean, I mean, obviously if, 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 if honor had to carry a shoulder, it was, the situation is that honor's kind of been carrying the burden of Huawei's sort of, difficulties you know they can't buy u.s parts and stuff or use u.s product services and stuff and so there's been that burden in uh, right on huawei so um and obviously having a sub brand like honor which is com price competitive and targeting younger consumers you know Huawei really can't focus they can't put efforts on making a bunch of good phones they gotta make phones but they, you know so 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 essentially uh, this, was in, this is in the press release, and they've written this in. It's interesting. Over 30 agents and dealers of Honor brand first proposed this acquisition. They were like, we'll buy. They're like, well, we see where you're going. You haven't, there's not been any good. I've, I think I've forgotten. I th not, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I mean, um, no joke. I've forgotten about Honor. I, wait, there's there was an Honor phone? Wait, Honor is, there's a brand called Honor? That's crazy. I mean, uh, I know this is a Huawei sub-brand, but I've forgotten that they made smartphones. Because I haven't really bragged about their phones in, in a big way. So maybe it's quite suffered like most of Huawei. Uh, and this is probably the first big move kind of for Huawei to kind of uh, survive. So they decided to sell decided to sell it. Apparently, we've heard a lot about this uh, potential sale of the Honor brand, really. Uh, this is this, consor this company, Shenzhen Zaixing. New to information technology company, 
then Chinese companies tend to have the city, the city of present, you know, the city of incorporation in their name, pretty much. So based from Shenzhen, where all the smartphones are made, pretty much. As basic, this company actually is like a consortium of various companies and state-owned businesses and phone and retail distribution companies in China. They call Bannet together as a consortium, and this is the company, and buy out the Honor brand and help grow the Honor brand itself. Essentially, and also they'll, they'll still be the same uh, leadership and kind of plan. But obviously, now that it's a different comp it's in different hands now, uh, Honor could probably have a chance to get a bit more breathing room and grow and also compete with other brands, both in China and abroad. So this could help Honor the brand. If you want, so if you've been thinking of Honor 40, this is good news pretty much because also, I mean, now obviously, now that Honor is in different hands, it's not from Huawei, it's not by Huawei, it's by another company in and of itself. It'll have to obviously get its own parts, but that will not be a difficulty. Striking deals will not be a problem. And obviously, in the consortium is a retail distributor of phones. So they probably know a thing or two about, I'm sure they didn't just go in and be like, we love you and we want to see you thrive, so we'll buy it. I'm sure they didn't just they didn't just emotionally get into this deal and save Huawei very much. I mean, I'm sure they had some commercial sense buying Honor. I mean, it's not like this is going to buy into something that's falling apart. They see potential in Honor. I mean, it's competitive. It's, 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 it's a value for money brand. It's youth-oriented. It could be a good, under different owners it could thrive it could be highly pretentious it could it could be something bigger than itself and it's proven a lot and also honor has really gone probably has the honor brand has has made more inroads than the actual huawei brand in most markets like the u.s they've gone really they've got got straight into u.s so now under different owners honor could thrive as a brand but for huawei it seems obvious that they are they want to they're going to do a lot of things to survive I'm sure they are looking at the overall situation globally and they're probably seeing better days ahead for for themselves. They're not giving up. But I'll tell you, Huawei is, the, really, the, if you look at the company culture, you know, the, the continuous level of R&D and stuff that Huawei is doing, they're not going to, they're not going to, they're not going to bow, bow down to this. They're not going to be like, uh, that's it. We can't do phones anymore. We're not doing, they're going to keep making phones. They need to make phones. In China, I, the thing is, I mean, not to really, uh, like, not to really uh, doubt other brands, really, uh, but if I were in China right now, I mean, Huawei's phones, high-end, they're some of the best premium phones you can buy there for now. Obviously, out overseas, there's the Google problem. But in China, you don't have to worry about Google, really. There's WeChat, Baidu, I mean, third-party services, different functions by third-party services. And and also there's not much of the Google there's not there's no Google problem even if there's a consol consolidation of products there's the I don't know Tencent ecosystem and Baidu ecosystem, but they don't block it out really it's it's you can still use it so, I mean if you live in China I mean you have iPhones they're lovely the iPhone 12 is awesome, uh, the S20 is awesome but then there's the Mate 40 and that's really good. So they just gotta keep making smartphones, and they're not gonna give up. I tell you, they're not gonna give up. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna keep making phones, and they're gonna do, and they're gonna try their best. And it looks obvious, but obviously, this strategy they're doing by offloading Honor, this is gonna save them a lot of resources because making phones is great, and putting them together is great, and manufacturing is not a problem because you're really in the, really the factory of the world. But they're all actual resources because the phones don't just get put together in China; they develop them there. They 
they do research on them, and there's a lot of resources to go behind them. So any way to save sort of resources and time and money could be helpful. So while we're selling honor will help them somewhere. It's not a big deal really, but it's gonna help them. Uh, to be honest with you, I think I mean. Uh, but kind of happy for all the honor fans, you know. Honor will live on, you know. It'll, it'll be, it'll, it'll have, it'll see its glorious days come back. I mean, it makes good phones, you know. Like so, I mean, uh, I'll tell you, it's in good hands. In my own opinion, frankly. I mean, uh, it's gonna see better days, and I, and that, that's for sure. I'm not just making it up. It's gonna make, it's gonna see better days. That's for sure. So that was the podcast. Um, I hope you liked it. And uh, obviously, I'll try to obviously drop an episode tomorrow or Thursday. Obviously, Thursday episode will drop on Thursday. Obviously, aside from that, what do you think of everything you've heard today? Let me know. Send me a message on Twitter and Instagram at said underscore my own nine nine. Follow me right there, and obviously, send a tweet right there if you want to, or a post my way. Uh, aside from that, uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whatever app you're on. Hit the subscribe button. You know what to do, really. Uh, and uh, keep listening. Thank you for listening, as always. 2020 thankfully is coming to an end but really it's crazy that there are actual humans on earth like 200 ish people who've overall who've listened to my show as it is in in all lifetime so thank you so much uh me really means a lot as always thank you thank you thank you uh, aside from that thank you for listening and until the next episode keep smiling never give up keep living best make the most okay have a great day, okay? All right? You know what to do. Be great and stay positive. Ciao. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Ciao.